Good morning, Ramp Church. I hope you guys are enjoying a wonderful summer holiday and that you're getting some time connecting with friends and family. Um, you are in our thoughts, and I know we tell you that often, but uh, we just are praying for you and missing time face-to-face in person, looking forward to the day, hopefully in the near future, when we can all be together in person to worship and um, pray and just enjoy a cup of tea together. So we know that that is in the future, hopefully sooner than later. Um, This morning, I wanted to spend just a few, um, a bit of time talking to you about some things that have been on my heart regarding harvest and some of the things that I believe God has in store for your personal life, but even for us corporately as um, part of the body of Christ here in Manchester. So I want you to go with me in your word, if you have your Bible there, um, and let's go to John chapter 4. And I'm going to pick up in the middle of a story where Jesus is ministering to a woman, um, the Samaritan woman at the well. And the disciples are just returning to that scene after he has done some incredible prophetic ministry to this lady and um, just had some individual one-on-one time of ministry. The disciples are returning, offering him food. And let's look at John 4, verse, um, we can start in verse 31. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. The disciples say to each other, well, did someone bring him food while we were gone? And then Jesus Jesus explained, this is verse 34, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvest. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work and now you will get to gather the harvest. You know, as I've been thinking about even this year, Ramp Church, um, the year 2020, and some of what we have been doing as a faith community in our city, um, starting, you know, in January when we did 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we had the all-night prayer, and then even in lockdown season, um, having the opportunity to take church online and just releasing the Word of God consistently over the airwaves into your hearts. Um, what you have been doing on your own, reaching out to people in your community, praying with people, uh, bringing hope, declaring God's justice in the midst of great injustice. I think of all of these things that we have done in prayer, in fasting, in deed, and in word as we are planting seed in our city and you are planting in the spirit in your own life. And I want to just take this morning to encourage you and remind you that you are in this city as a laborer in God's field and that you are meant to bring, you are part of his big plan, not just to bring redemption, but to bring in a harvest to help release the good news of God's kingdom to people in your world through deed and word. And through that deed and word ministry, bring, a, a bring people into God's kingdom, into the hope and the glory of the gospel. 
And in this season where we have been in lockdown, uh, we know that the word of God and the power of prayer and what we do in the spirit is not been confined, but in some ways it's found new launching ground. It's found new momentum. In the place of prayer, we have been able to increase prayer this year like we never have before. We've been able to increase even ministry to our young people in ways we never have. This year has been supernaturally in many ways a year of increase. Um, I want though to just first encourage you with don't forget the reason why you have been sent to this city. Some of you have just lived here your whole life and you especially need this reminder that no matter what circumstances brought you to Manchester, it's the Lord who has directed your steps to this place. And that as a believer and a child of God and part of the body of Christ, your whole life is now infused and has been baptized, immersed into the purposes of God for planet Earth. And it's in doing His will on Earth that you find a nourishment in your soul that you can't find any other avenue on Earth. I just love what Jesus was saying when He told the disciples that His nourishment, Jesus says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Have you ever thought how sometimes like Christianity can feel um, Perhaps to you, maybe you have felt bored with it. You're like, is this what it is to be a Christian? This is, you know, everybody has dry seasons. Everybody has difficult seasons. Like any relationship, our relationship with God has peaks and it has valleys. But ultimately, our life is this amazing adventure of surrendering to Him. And our, our life is meant to find purpose, not just from enjoying prayer and communion with God, but from prayer and communion, doing the work of God. And in doing the work of God, we find a satisfaction, a fullness, a, um, a sense of fulfilled desire that comes from simply being who He has called us to be, doing what He has called us to do. It's like it reminds me of Isaiah 58 that Joe preached um, a few weeks back just about how the Israelites in Isaiah 58, they had this consecration vertically, but it wasn't until they started engaging in justice, engaging with people in the world, that certain promises of God were unlocked to them. It wasn't until they started feeding the hungry, helping the oppressed, fighting for the victims, um, not hiding themselves from their own flesh and blood, that then promises of God for healing, for guidance, for direction, promises like your life will be a well-watered garden, you'll be an ever-flowing spring. Those promises, your light will shine in the darkness. Those promises for, for God's people, they were manifested when they started fulfilling the purposes of God on the earth, bringing about the kingdom of God, representing the ways of God in their, uh, in their horizontal relationships with other humans on earth. So back to this passage here about harvest. You're here in this city for such a time as this. Your life is immersed now in the purposes of God. Like if it says in Ephesians 2.10, you've been created anew in Christ Jesus for the good works that God has planned in advance for you to do. Your salvation is not a result of your good works. Your salvation is a result of your faith, 
in Jesus Christ. It comes by grace, by God's sheer gift and you receiving it. But the fruit, the evidence, the outward expression of that inward transformation of grace is you doing good in the world, is you laboring in God's field, is you participating in the plan of God. You don't participate in the plan of God to become a child of God. You are born of the Spirit. You are born into the family of God. And then out of that relationship that you have, you begin to participate in the plan and purposes of God. So during this season, even in the middle of summer holiday, when it's so easy to just press cruise control on all things life, I really want to encourage you, Ramp Church, to be sowing in the Spirit be sowing seed. Because you know what is required for any harvest, for any fruit? If there is fruit, if there is harvest, there has to be seed hidden in the ground. There has to be seed in the ground for a harvest. There has to be seed in the ground, in the hidden place. There has to be something in that hidden unseen place for there to be an outward manifestation of fruit. Okay, I was, um, I was telling you, I think about this. I was reminded in prayer the other night when a few of us were praying just of this, um, this desert that my friend Sam was telling me about. And you'll have to forgive me, I can't remember the specific desert that this was, but I actually looked it up this morning and it happens, there's, there's a valley in uh, California, Death Valley, where this happens. And then there's also another um, desert in Chile. It happens in various deserts across the world, but I know there's one in California, Death Valley, and then there's one in Chile as well, where it just looks like your basic wilderness landscape. Most of the time, it's dry, arid, dirt, looks hot. You look at it and you're like, whoa, that is just a landscape of barrenness. And in certain time of year, in October, for what happened in, um, in Death Valley in California, there was just this unexpected rainfall. And from after that rain, the whole desert that was dry and dusty and barren started blossoming with all of these wildflowers. And the landscape looked completely different. Like if I could show you right now what it looked like, you wouldn't know that that was the exact same plot of soil, that that was the exact same plot of land. But what happens after the rain, it transformed that landscape. And I feel like for us, this Uriamp Church, that what we have been doing in many ways is we have been sowing seed. We have been sowing seed faithfully with prayer, with fasting. We've been sowing seed in the spirit, doing good. And I know that God is going to be sending rain on Manchester, all over Europe. We have the promise of the latter rain. We have promise of harvest. And we can't control the rain or the sunshine. <laughs> Living in Manchester, we certainly know that. We don't control the weather. But as laborers, we have been given seed to sow. And our responsibility is not to control the rain and the sunshine, but our responsibility is in prayer, in faith, to be the laborers who are tending God's field in this city, who are tending our own garden, our own thought life, our own heart, planting faithfully, steadfastly, sowing to the Spirit. Let's look at Galatians 6. Uh, Galatians 6, I want to read just a few passages that I think in many ways are just going to help um, clarify my heart and encouraging you 
that no matter um, what season of life it is, if it's baby season, if it's uni season, if it's crazy work season, whatever season, that you are called to be a person who sows in the spirit. You are called to harvest. You are called to labor in God's field. The expression of that may look vastly different. I know when I had little babies, it looked one way. And when I was in uni, it looked another way. But I've told you this before, Ramp Church, no matter what season you're in, your heart is intended to be postured in hunger towards God. There's never a busy season. There's never a crazy season when you're just not able or not empowered to walk in the Spirit and sow in the Spirit. You are always sowing in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit. Let's look at Galatians 6, starting in, I'll start in verse 7 for time's sake here. It says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Hallelujah. Don't you love that? That'll preach in a whole nother message by itself. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Now he's talking to church people right here. He's not evangelizing. He's writing a letter to believers in the church that he's overseeing. He's saying, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. If you're a child of God, then you're called to harvest the life of the Spirit and to sow to the Spirit, not to the flesh. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let me say that again, Ramp Church. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, one of my prayers lately for us, Ramp Church, is that you will be sharpened to recognize opportunities for doing good. That you will exercise yourself in looking for ways to just intentionally sow seed and do good. When, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So we're sowing to the Spirit. How do we sow to the Spirit? So I want to talk to you real quick about a few seeds that I believe you can plant in this season, okay? This, this passage, Galatians 6, 9, says sow to the Spirit. Those are good deeds that you can sow to the Spirit. Prayer and fasting, that is good spiritual seed that you put in, in a hidden place, and it produces an outward fruit, an outward manifestation of souls being changed by God's gospel, by your own life bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, Giving, I'll get to that in just a minute, but Galatians 6, 9 is doing good, sowing to the Spirit, okay? Another seed that you sow is God's Word. God's word is like a seed. Jesus teaches that in the parable of the sower in Luke 8. Isaiah 55, where the prophet Isaiah is, he's speaking on behalf of God and he's saying, God's word is like a seed. It goes forth and it always produces fruit. It never returns void. God's word is seed that always produces what he intends for it to. So you should be planting the seed of God's word. You should be planting it in your own heart and mind. It should be in your own inner garden. If you think of yourself as like a garden and Jesus is the gardener and um, he's tending you, God's word is working in you to create something beautiful and fruitful 
for His glory. God's Word is effective seed. It produces the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So you have the seed of God, God's Word. It transforms your attitude. It transforms your motives. You plant God's seed in your heart. It transforms your perspective. It produces things in you you thought were impossible to produce. Things like self-control, things like joy, things like long-suffering. This is the fruit that God's Word and Spirit produce in us. And another incredible um, seed that we have is faith. Jesus said in Matthew 18, I mean, Matthew 17, that faith is like, if you have faith the size of like a mustard seed, faith is this substance, this hidden substance. It's something unseen that produces something seen in the world. We have this seed of faith. This is, reminds me of Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, the great uh, ancestors of, of, that we have, the history record of people who sowed their entire lives living for Jesus. And they passed not even seeing the fullness of what they uh, were believing for. They passed the baton to us and we continue walking in faith, sowing in faith our entire lives for the kingdom of God. So you have God's word to plant. You have, the, you have the faith that Holy Spirit imparts to you. you. Exercise that faith and that is planting seed. You prophesy with faith. You declare God's word with faith and you are putting soil, you are putting seed in the soil of the city, in your family, in your finances, in your relationship. You are sowing to the spirit. Another seed that we have, let's look at 2 Corinthians. I want you ramp church to be fruitful for God. I want you to bear fruit. Jesus said that his disciples are known by their fruit. And here's the thing that I said just a minute ago about fruit. If there is no hidden seed, there will be no outward fruit. If there is no planting of the seed, if there is no sowing to the spirit, there will be no harvest of the spirit. And we have been given this time. Don't let the enemy lull you to sleep. Don't let pain cause you to disengage. Don't let disappointment shut you down. You are here living and breathing to be a fruitful vineyard for God, to be a laborer in his field. Don't let complacency, don't let your love grow cold in this season. I know we're not able to meet in person. I know that you are challenged in areas. Your, your faith is being tested. Your genuine love for God is being tested. Your loyalty is being tested. All that is normal. I don't care what is going on in the world. Your faith will be tested. Your heart will be tested towards God because he wants something real and genuine. But I'm calling to you, Ramp Church, this is, this is your time to plant in the hidden, unseen place. So when the rain of God comes, rains of refreshing, you will be amazed at the harvest that you are standing in the middle of. Okay, so look at 2 Corinthians. Uh, let's go to chapter nine. So you can plant and sow God's word, sow faith, sow good deeds of the spirit, prayer and fasting, those things that we sow in the spirit. And then this is uh, this particular passage, Paul is taking up a collection and offering for the believers in Jerusalem. And so this whole context is about this particular church sowing financially. So this is 
what it means to sow seed financially, which is also seed that is given to God's kingdom and produces something in the natural that's eternal and everlasting. Let's start uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to their poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat it. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources. So then you will produce a great harvest of generosity. I love that. God wants to produce a harvest of generosity in you. He wants to produce a harvest of generosity, that the fruit of generosity would be evident in us. And how does the fruit of generosity and good deeds come from us? Sometimes it comes by sowing seed financially. And you, Ramp Church, are, you have responded and you are responding to the needs in your world, financially, practically. I want to say, praise God, even more, even more. Let's hold nothing back. Our entire lives are His, not a portion. Our entire lives are His as His disciples. So we can sow financial seed and see a harvest in our lives and in the kingdom of God. You know, in closing, I want to just emphasize something that I've been thinking about. Um, I've been thinking about Jesus's life here on earth, how he came, he was obedient to the will of the Father, he died so that we could find life, he was raised to life, and now he's seated at the right hand of God. Now, because of his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection, many of us have now have restored relationship with God. Now we have the promise of eternal life, all because Jesus was obedient and willing to lay down his life. And then Jesus calls his disciples and he says, if you want to follow me, then you too. You too have to understand that your life here is not about yourself. You too have to take up your cross. And now your whole life is immersed and baptized in this eternal purpose and this eternal plan of God. And just like Jesus, in some ways, then we become these living sacrifices where we have died to our old life. We have died to our own agenda, our selfish desires, our ambitions that are outside of God's will. We've died to those. And now we have this new life in God where His purpose is our purpose. His love is our love. His power for living is our power for living. And we are following in His footsteps. And I think sometimes we think, it's easy to think, well, I'm sowing the word. I'm sowing finances. I'm, you know, spending time in prayer. I'm spending time um, doing good. But this is the context that all of those individual acts live in. This is the framework, is this, is your entire life is like Jesus's in the sense of it's fully given and surrendered to him. Listen to, I want to just read to you a couple of these. Let's go to John, John 12. Um, because this is the temptation, I think, in the Western world, in Christianity, is we think, um, we forget, we forget that to follow Jesus is not just this one-time decision that we make. 
And it's not just um, these spiritual ascents, these mountaintop experiences. It's, it's our whole life. It's 24-7. It's Jesus is Lord of my life, my whole life. He's, he is the boss of every facet of my life. He is the one that is governing how I do relationships, how I do sex, how I do finances, how I communicate, my work ethic, my parenting. All of my life is now governed by his spirit. And I have died to every other way. I am non-responsive. I am dead to the ways of the world. And I am now fully alive to the governance of the Holy Spirit. Listen to, um, to John 12. John 12, verse 23. And let me see this. What does this say? John 12, 23. Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. And those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Ramp Church, I absolutely love, you know, no, we're not called to be the savior of the world. We can't, we, we are not Jesus, but yet here on earth, I love what it says in 1 John 2, 6, those who follow Jesus must walk on earth as he did. Those who claim to know him must walk as he did. And what does that mean? That means that we have this joyful, trusting surrender to the plan of God, that our life here on earth is as a foreigner, as a nomad, a passing through. We enjoy the good gifts that he gives. We enjoy the things that he has blessed us with, but we are detached from them. We are, we are like campers. <laughs> we have this nomadic, this is not our home, this is our mission field type mentality. We're not lulled to sleep and walking around with comforters and blankets that are hindering us. We are here on mission for the purpose of bringing a harvest to God. Listen to what Paul says in Acts 20 verse 24. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about his, the wonderful grace of God. Your life is full of God's purposes. Maybe your life message, maybe the message that your life is that there is hope in the middle of mental illness through Jesus. Maybe the message of your life that in extreme disability and hardship, there is a joy that surpasses suffering. Maybe the purpose of your life is to just shout the faithfulness of God's provision and how he satisfies our desires more than any material possession. But there is a message that your life is releasing and it is resonating in your generation. And the enemy wants to dull down the message and the assignment that God has given you and cause you to miss it. But you are meant to be fruitful, fruitful for his glory. And that's meant to nourish you and bring about not just a fruit in the outside world and glory to God, but a satisfaction in your own heart that can't be touched by anything in this world. I want to close with um, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15 talking about Jesus, Paul says, he died for everyone 
so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. What do I mean by you have this life to sow? I mean that your life now as a follower of Jesus is not primarily about pleasing people or living comfortable or enjoying life, finding fun, finding pleasure. I love when we go out on outreach and we're talking to people on the streets and asking them what the purpose of life is. They're like, live it up, just have fun. I'm telling you, there's more to life than that. And you even can testify, fun here on earth is really not that fulfilling, as great as it may be. It's so temporary. But your life here, Ramp Church, is meant to be lived like this, no longer living for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Your purpose here in the middle of lockdown and pandemic is just as sure, is just as secure, is just as real, is just as relevant now than it ever has been for such a time as this. And you are called to be planting and putting seed in the spirit. And I want to encourage you, Ramp Church, in a season where the enemy wants to devalue and make it seem insignificant, make it seem like just wait, just this whole thing is like a pause, just wait till it's done and then you can continue with God's work and purpose and all. I'm saying right now in your house, in your bedroom, there's purpose for you, there is seed for you to plant in the soil, there's a life that you have to be lived for Jesus. Prayers that you can pray, things that you can abstain from and engage with to, to move God's kingdom forward. I want us to just close in prayer. Father, thank you that you have sent your son so that we can have life and relationship that is abundant, that is eternal, that is meaningful. And Lord, this life here on earth, it's long and so short all at the same time. And we know and look forward to the day when we will stand before you and give an account and be held to account for every day, every hour, every word. And Lord, it's our prayer that we would not waste our life, that we can pour it out and sow it to the Spirit, sow it for your glory, that we can live for you fully, that every aspect of our life can be immersed in your purpose, in your assignment, in your plan. Lord, I pray for Ramp Church that you would protect us and keep us and preserve us. Lord, may our love not grow cold. May we not be apathetic. May we not be lulled to sleep. But may we be engaged in our spirit, man. May we sow to the spirit so we can see a harvest that brings you glory. Thank you for choosing us and calling us to bear fruit that remains for your glory, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you have enabled us. We were dead. We were lifeless. We had no hope apart from you. But now you have brought us to life and enabled us by your spirit to produce something eternal and beautiful and glorious by co-laboring with you. Lord, I pray just even what Jesus said in John 4, I pray for Ramp Church to, to be awake and to look around because the harvest is ripe. And we are here in this city on planet Earth, breathing and existing, not just to make it, not just to confess you as Lord, but to advance your kingdom and release the spirit, the life-giving spirit of Christ everywhere we go. We, we commit ourselves entirely to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed a prayer maybe for the first time ever, or if you feel maybe on the fence, maybe after this message you think, well, gosh, I think 
I feel like I'm getting cold-hearted or apathetic or I'm struggling to, to even feel anything towards God. You need prayer. What do you need? You need prayer. You need somebody to pray for you. So reach out and ask for prayer. Nobody can do this alone. We weren't designed by God to do it alone. So there's somebody on the other side of that screen. If you comment, we'll reach out to you and pray for you. Ramp Church, we look forward to seeing you in the near future and we'll see you next Sunday.